My name is Mark. I want to welcome you as well, Woo Pig. I, uh, pretty exciting uh, day yesterday, and it, it made me think a little bit about my, my grandparents. My, my mom's mom and dad were just huge Razorback fans. I grew up in the very far southeast corner of the state, um, and especially my grandmother. I mean, y'all, just, just no joke. I mean, I know you may think you're one or you may think you know one, but I just watched my grandmother, like, the intensity with which she would watch a ball game. In fact, she had a long battle with, with lung cancer, and at one point in that battle, she was in the hospital, and uh, she made them roll in the TV so that she could watch this game, and it was a comeback win, and at the same time that the Razorbacks had this comeback win, it was kind of like one of the parts of this, this battle where my, my grandmother just punched cancer in the teeth. <laughs> it was like she, she got so inspired by the game, and she was, it was like this beautiful thing. I mean, they... They, they loved uh, Razorback basketball and football. And, um, you know, southeast corner of the state is a long ways from here. And their church community was just so tight. And they would get this bus, and they would all go together to games. And um, that, that community and that thing that they did together was one of the, the big pieces that united them. And I knew a lot of these names and different friends that they had, but especially as, as time has gone on and the more that I've known those different stories and, and watching both of my grandparents pass away and funerals and things and, and meeting these people, they're just, I mean, that community, there was something sweet and special that they had there. And there were some identifying marks of what, uh, what a, a community that's, that's looking to Jesus looks like, the way that they face life, the way that they do life together, the way that they... They face uh, the next life, the way they face death, you know, and the hope that was present. It was just something beautiful and uh, something to think we can learn from. And, and, you know, that's what we've been, we've been talking about through this You Belong series. What, is it, what does it look like to be a, a community that represents Jesus well in our culture? What does it look like to be a, a community that, that we get to be a part of that looks the way that it's, it's supposed to look? And and really, to, to do that, we've looked uh, at Jesus, you know, because in 1 Corinthians, it, it tells us that more places than just that, but that we're the body. The church is the, is the body, the hands and the feet of Jesus. We, we represent him uh, on the planet. And for us in northwest Arkansas, like we're the representation of Jesus. So what does, what does Jesus look like? And that's the reason that each week, if you've noticed, we've, we've been looking at the Gospels. We've been looking at the story of Jesus' life, a lot of uh, red, red letter content where we're talking about what he actually said and his interactions with people. I mean, what was, what was Jesus like? And what would it look like if the kingdom of God sat down in northwest Arkansas? And, um, you know, there are some things about that, that that I think have just been, we, we've for a long time wanted to be true. We've tried to, to act on some of these, these core beliefs. And some of this series has just been us calling that out, that, hey, we feel like Man, church is supposed to be a safe place where people can come and, and find healing and begin to move forward. And, uh, and so to do that, there's some barriers that are easily identifiable that keep people from that. You know, one, Charlie dealt with, you know, the, the idea that, they're, that the church is just throwing simple answers at really complicated questions. It just makes us look, look, look dumb, and it doesn't represent Jesus very well because he, you know, obviously 
There's, he has a lot to say, and there are, are, are deeper answers to deep questions, but we got to be thoughtful about it. We have to, we have to think a little bit. You know, I, I was reminded of uh, that, that Sunday when Charlie was talking about that. I was reminded of a song that I heard a few years ago, and the guy was just talking about th- this issue, and he brought up several different things as examples, but one of them was music. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a world where there was Christian music, and then there was non-Christian music. And I was fine as long as I was you know, operating over here on the Christian music side. Now, how a song becomes Christian is very interesting to me. I don't know if they get baptized. I don't know if they make a confession. I don't know what ha- how the song all of a sudden gets deemed, you know. Because to me, Simple Man, Leonard Skinner, is definitely I, I don't know what to, you know, so I was confused. I was like, well, that's not, that's, that doesn't make sense because I see true biblical truths, true things, beautiful things that aren't on this side. So what do I do with that? And it made me go, well, well then either this is wrong or that, 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 that's a too simplified answer to a complicated question. And we want to be thoughtful. Where is truth, truth and beauty? Where do we find Jesus? And I'll tell you what, man, uh, this is his creation. He's, he's, he's everywhere. Are we, look, are we looking for him? So being, being thoughtful. The other thing that uh, throws up some barriers is just being transparent. He talked about this last week. For us to be honest, to not walk into this place with mask on and, and pretending and playing some game. And again, I think this is something that's, you know, I'm not saying we've got these things figured out or are perfect, but I'll, I'll be honest, in my experience, this is a place where I've, where I've seen that more than any other place I've ever been. And there are a lot of Sundays, y'all, that I get in the car, usually I've, I've been riding home with one of my boys, and, um, and I'll, I'll get in the car and say something about, man, you guys just don't understand the, the how, how the air is, you can breathe in this place because I can be me, because I've been in those places that I couldn't be, where I felt like I had to, to put on a mask or be somebody else, especially up front, and to be in a place that I feel like, man, I can, I can be known. Um, and that's incredible, to be transparent. And uh, to not be that way is an obvious barrier that would keep people away. The door's not open because you have to pretend in this place. Uh, and we're, we're not that, uh, by God's grace. And so in, in some ways, those things are a description of some things that I think we're, 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 you know, we've been doing, the grove, how you would describe the grove. But today, we're going to talk about something that's more of a, hey, this is how it should be, more of an aspiration that I don't know that it's necessarily true right now. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this guy said something that really caught me off guard, because I think it goes right with what we're talking about. He said that he had made a New Year's resolution to be more like Jesus this year. And so he had gone through the Gospels and pulled out, hey, what are those key things? If I'm going to this next year commit to becoming more like Jesus, what does that mean I'm going to do? He said, number one, I'm going to hang out with sinners. Because if you look, as you can tell from the study every, every week, where some different passage where Jesus is hanging out with sinners and sinners are hanging out with Jesus. And if you want to take that out of the Gospels, you're not going to have much left over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because that's what Jesus did. And he's like, if I'm going to be more like Jesus next year, this next year, well, I'm going to hang out with sinners more. He said, also, I'm going to upset the religious people. And the story we're going to look at today, that's what happens. Jesus is hanging out with sinners, and the religious folk don't like it. And you see this reoccurring theme. So if you're going to be more like Jesus, that's just the way it works. Um, I'm going to tell stories that make people think, 
right? That speaks right to this thoughtfulness. Like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go beneath the service a little bit and ask the questions, that, the next level questions, and not just hang up here in the shallow waters. I'm going to choose unpopular friends. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work to be more kind and loving and merciful. And I think my, the last one's my favorite. I'm going to take more naps on boats. Because a nap on a boat's got to be just, you know, peaceful, I guess. I don't know. I guess it is. Um, I have to find me a boat. But these things are, these things are true. This is, this is who Jesus was. And so if we're going to represent him well, these are some, some truths about who we're going to be and what this place is going to be like. If you were watching TV, if you were alive and watching TV, you know, in the 80s, early 90s, you probably know a show called Cheers. Right? Anybody, anybody know Cheers? If you don't know Cheers, then everything I'm about to say, just think about friends and you're about the same thing, different verse. Cheers was about a, a bar in Boston. And um, 11 series or 11 seasons, nearly 300 episodes, these people come into this place. And what, what's the theme song? Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away, right? Sometimes you want to go, what, where everybody knows your name, where they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everyone knows your name. Why are we attracted to a community like that for, <laughs> for 11 seasons? Why? Because that's, that's the kind of community that Jesus calls us to. We enter into this place broken, struggling, doing life, and, and we come in here and we, and we do it together. The difference between this place and the bar in Boston is that 11 seasons and a whole lot of issues and things, nothing ever got solved. They're still having the same issue, 11 seasons. They didn't go anywhere, right? This is a place where we're welcome. Our troubles are all the same. We come in here, whatever different background we have, whatever struggles or things, we all are, all sinners, separated from a holy God in desperate need of Jesus and his power to redeem us and to move us forward and make us better and make us look more like him. But we come in here broken, so we're all the same. But this place is different because Jesus is present and um, so that's what we're working towards. You know, I, I thought about this uh, last weekend. I got invited to a, to a wedding and a really sweet family in our community. And uh, the couple told me, hey, just get ready because this wedding is going to be as if we were in Mexico. And I, I was like, oh, man, that, that's awesome. In fact, I mean, I, I went right home and told Terry, yeah, we're going to get to go ready. It's going to be like we're in Mexico. I mean, I know it's not going to actually be like we're in Mexico because we're not in Mexico, but it's going to be as much like it as possible. Well, it was a whole lot like it. I mean, there was a mariachi band. The, the most obvious part is, like, the ceremony was kind of nobody was really there. And then the party started, and everybody started showing up, right? Uh, yeah, mariachi band. There were tacos. I mean, not taco, like tacos outside the building. All they needed was a blue tarp, and it would have been street tacos, uh, you know, downtown Mexico City. Um, yeah, then we started dancing, and it was, man, all the lights, and all the songs were in Spanish, and there were a lot of songs I didn't know, but basically, if you got the same rhythm, you were good. We ended up in some kind of Congo line that you tried to knock the groom off a chair. It was awesome, you know, and each step of the night, one, we were just invited to be in the place, and, and that's, that's pretty incredible. We, we were invited. 
And then we're, we're in the place, and then we were invited to the tacos, you know. We were invited to sit where we could hear the mariachi band. We were, in, we were handed the drinks. We were, we were invited to the, to the dance floor, and we were invited into this Congo line, and we were invited. In fact, we, when we finally left, you know, it was like we had to, uh, <laughs> we were kind of the last non-family members there, and it felt like, man, we had made friends <laughs> that we needed to go, just that, that we needed to go say, hey, sorry we got to leave, but we got to go get our kids. We were invited. This is a place that needs to look like that. If we look at Luke chapter 15 today, and uh, really just a couple verses we're going to focus on. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. Is that not incredible? They were all drawing near to him, to hear him. They were coming close, and they were listening. Somehow they had been made aware that he existed and that they were welcome. They had been invited. He had something they needed. There was something about him that was attractive, and they had been made aware. They knew it, and they knew that this was a rabbi. There were a lot of other rabbis, but the other rabbis, they weren't welcome to be around. That's one reason we'll see in a minute the, the scribes and the Pharisees get all mad because you don't do this. The sinners and the tax collectors don't get close to rabbis. And, and all the other expressions of these rabbis out there, they weren't welcome. It wasn't safe. But this rabbi, this rabbi, hey, everybody take notice. This rabbi is different. Sinners draw near to him, and they listen to what he says. And if we're going to be an expression, the body of Christ in northwest Arkansas, that's what this place needs to be like. It needs to be that kind of place where sinners draw near, where they're made aware that, hey, this Jesus loves you. This Jesus has an open chair at the table, and not just an open chair at the table, but he has some things to say, and those things are powerful, and you need to perk up your ears and listen. And you were welcome, and we were expecting it, and we were inviting. You belong means we invite. So let me ask that question. When's the last time that, that you invited somebody? You know, I said that some of those things are a description of us, and some of these things we're talking about may be a little bit more aspirational. I feel like this is one of those things that should be true of us, but is it? When's the last time you, you invited somebody? Why? If we're not inviting, what does that, what does that mean? Do, uh, does, it, does it mean that we believe that this place is closed off, that it's just for us, and that we're just going to keep it to ourselves? Do, do we believe that, 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 that Jesus is something that they need, our friends and people that we care about, that they really need him, and that this is a place that they can, they can find him? Or, or maybe we don't believe that? What is it that keeps us from it? You know, it's amazing to me how this thing that's so important to us is this thing that most of us keep the most quiet. I don't have any problem telling you about a restaurant that I enjoyed a good meal at. I just don't. I scolded a friend of mine the other day because we know this place in Tulsa that has really good breakfast, and he passed through there with his wife, and he didn't take her there. And I got on to him. I got yelled. I raised my voice. Because I knew it was something good and I wanted him to experience. I found a good pair of shoes. I'm going to tell you about it. Why is it 
Why is it that this thing that's so important to us, is, is it because, because at the dinner table you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, so we just think that this is something we need to keep quiet about, but we'll talk all day about a restaurant we enjoyed? This is powerful, and we should be inviting people to it. And if we're not, then we need to ask ourselves the question, why? Why? And if this is a place that for some reason you don't feel good about inviting to because you don't feel like it, what, what's painted out there on the wall is true, then please come talk to us because that means we're not representing him very well. <laughs> because evidently, Jesus, the sinners get to the table and they listen. And then it goes on to say, uh, verse number two, and the Pharisees and the scribes, they grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners. Let me tell you what we, what we don't want to be. We don't want to be the ones who are putting barriers to Jesus up that are keeping people away from being, being able to have access to him. We do not want to be those people, obviously. Uh, another community that I got exposed to a few years ago, you know, I've told you before, I got a friend that we play bocce ball, and uh, we live up near Tommy Town, and so that, that Italian community, that's, that's just something that they do, and out at the park, there's this really nice bocce ball pit, and so, so we got some, some balls, and we started going out there and playing, and, um, and let me tell you what happened. We, we started, and we didn't realize that we were outsiders, you know, it's a park, it's not too far from our house. I'm telling you what, you crossed that line, man. We were, we were in a different place. And, uh, and so we were playing, and we started noticing that these trucks would pass by, and then they would just almost roll to a stop. And then they'd make a circle and come back by and kind of roll by. And you, you could just tell they were, they were watching us. And then, uh, you know, we, this is multiple times that we were playing, trucks started to park and just sit there and watch us from the truck. Then... Like, guys actually got out of the truck and came and stood over at the side. Not close enough to say, hey, how you doing? Glad you're playing. But, like, just like this. Just, just making sure you're just seeing, you know. It's like we were, we were trying to break into a community that wasn't ours, and we were being told. In fact, I mean, if me and this guy, we both, you know, just dogged enough that we're like, all right, we're going to come twice this week instead of once. If you're going to do that, you know. But if we hadn't been that way, we probably would have gotten the hint. <laughs> And said, oh, well, we're not really welcoming this. But instead, we signed up for the tournament, you know, the, the local tournament. We were the only, you know, non-people that normally are in these tournaments to sign up for the tournament. And I remember walking in the day and feeling really so much on the outside because we were obviously not part of this bigger family and this thing that was going on here. And uh, I remember that we, were, we got beat pretty bad. But there was one game that we were giving a pretty good team a run for their money. And it kind of felt like Rocky in, uh, in Russia. Like you could tell... You could tell the fans kind of started to change a little bit as, as it was going on. And, and we started to have some people cheer for us because they started to see, man, if we took out this team, like the outsiders took out this team, what would that mean? And so they started to cheer. And the most beautiful moment was this elderly gentleman that everybody seemed to respect a whole lot. Like, like they brought him in halfway through the game. And, they, and he sat on the side of the, of the, of the bocce ball pit, and he was watching and uh, we started to do pretty good, but then we got kind of anxious because we were doing better, and we, we started throwing too hard. And, and uh, he looked over at us, had his hand on the top of his cane, and he kind of looked over at us, and he went, like, like, slow it down. And we looked at each other, and we were like, I mean, the Godfather is on our team. <laughs> I mean, I mean we, we, we're, we're insiders now. We just did it, you know? And, and I tell that story because it's so much in contrast to that wedding that I was at last weekend. We, we want to look like that. We don't want to look like that. Well, we've got our, we're looking, we're, 
looking down our nose at, at people that come in. We, it feels like a community that you have to really press into, to break into. And I don't know how many different churches you've gone to, but I've definitely had that experience where I felt like I was an outsider and all these people are insiders. And boy, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be a part, I'm gonna, have to really, I'm gonna have to really work at it and press through all those barriers to get to be an insider. Man, we want it to be where, where, where you're easily an insider. These, these uh, Pharisees and scribes were grumbling. They were complaining. They were making it more difficult. And look what it says about what Jesus did. It says Jesus receives the sinners. So they're like that, and here is Jesus receiving them. That, that word in the original language, I, I looked it up, it's, uh, it means to give access to, to admit. There is open access to Jesus. There is a seat next to him. They didn't like it. You belong means that, that we're like that. We, we introduce people. We make them aware of who Jesus is and what he's about and that this, the, the chair next to him is, is open. The doors are wide open. And that means when somebody's in the room, when you're here, you're just going out of your way like they did at that wedding to make me feel welcome, to say, how you doing? To, I, think, I don't know what business it is. I've heard this before, though. Like, like, Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just good hospitality for businesses, but we were expecting you. We, we knew that you were going to be here, and we're not surprised that you're here. In fact, we set the stage for you to be here because we want you here, and we want you to be a part, and we're going to introduce you to what this community is about and this incredible Jesus is doing. And then uh, I actually didn't give you all of verse 2. And the Pharisees and the scribes gum, uh, grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners, and he eats with them. He, he receives them, but then he also eats with them. Which, y'all, Eastern context, I mean, we, we share meals together, and that's how we get to know each other today, still here. I mean, I'm thankful for that because I like some food, and it just does, man. We, we share some, some food together, and there's just something about sharing a meal together that's powerful. But you go Eastern context where people are sharing the same plate, and they're not using silverware. And, I mean, I've been at, at a place like this before where there's like 10 guys sitting in a circle with a big old uh, plate, and all the food's just out there, and there's gravy and all kinds of things, and you're tearing off the same piece of bread, and you're dipping after each other. Not very COVID safe, but, but it, man, it, it's just, man, you've got it all over your fingers and all over you, and you're enjoying life, and you are, it's an intimate thing that you do together. Jesus is having a meal with these sinners He's eating with them. It's not just that we welcome. If we're going to represent Jesus well, it's not just that we, we welcome folks, but it's, it, it, we let them know that they're wanted. We don't just invite and introduce. You belong means we go to the next level and we include them. You come here, you know that you're included. Uh, several times, uh, you know, I grew up small town Arkansas, and all of my friends hunted and fished, and I was kind of the one guy that didn't, and I can't tell you how many different guys have tried to get me to hunt and fish, and I, I think they just assumed that, man, if I just had the experience, you know, if they could just put me in the right spot and I could experience, then one of these times I'd go, oh, this is fun. It hasn't happened yet, but I've come really close sometimes. 
I mean, I had some guys took me trout fishing, and, you know, they brought me waders and gave, you know, gave me all the equipment and basically, like, caught a fish and then hooked it on my line so I could feel what it felt like to, to catch a fish. And it did feel pretty good, but, but I'm kind of like my dad. My dad had an experience uh, when he was little that uh, his uncle, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I called him my grandfather, but he, uh, he took him, uh, and it was really, really cold deer hunting, and it got so cold that the, that the dog's feet started to get frostbit, and they started to take the dog back to the truck, and dad's thinking, oh, okay, I'm glad the dog's got issues, so I don't have to say I'm in pain and want to go home, too, and now we're going to get to go home. Well, they just put the dog in the truck and then went back out and hunted a few more hours, and when that was done, dad said, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore, and I've kind of always felt that way. Um, I did have one friend who uh, found the kind of hunting that I might actually like. We, uh, we hunted skunks one day, one night. We were hanging out with some friends, and uh, they had some pasture land close by, and, and they, had some, they were overrun with skunks. And so he threw a shotgun in my hands, and we jumped in his pickup, and the girls sat in the back, and the kids were all in the bed of the pickup, and we're driving across this pasture. And he's like, there's one. In fact, I remember the kids ended up falling asleep and uh, we hit a bump in the pasture, and you could see in the rearview mirror, you could see all of their bodies like, <laughs> everybody lived, and I was just shooting skunks out of the side. I mean, that, that I could do. <laughs> that, that, that was fun. But, but he was thinking, maybe, maybe if I give him, I have ex- experienced something. I enjoy hunting. I enjoy killing things. And, and maybe this guy would also like it if I could just put him in the right scenario and the right thing, and it's not too cold, and it's not too, and he's got the right gun, and he's doing the thing. Maybe he would also like it. Well, y'all, if we have experienced that Jesus is incredible, and we've tasted and seen that he is good, then we should also long for other people to experience him too. If we know what life in him is about, if we know the, the difference between death and our sin and shame and life in this Jesus, and we've been introduced to it and we've been included in it and we get to experience it, then, man, we should be calling other people to it and trying to put them in scenarios like this where they get to hear it and be a part of it too because it's that incredible if we believe it. We want them to experience it too. I remember uh, some friends of ours that lost a family member a few years ago and we just did what we would do, you know, for, for people that we know. We, we made a little meal and, and took it over there because we knew that that might be something that they needed. Didn't think much of it because, you know, that's just, that's just what, what we do. Um, but they didn't have a lot of people that, to do that for them. And in this little short encounter, I, four or five different times, the guy asked me, why? Why are you doing this? He got teary-eyed, and he just kept on asking, why? I don't, why, why, would, why would you do this? I mean, things that we as a community of faith just take for granted, that we do for one another, the way that we care for one another, y'all, our friends out there, don't, they don't get that. Maybe they've never experienced it. Maybe this Jesus and what he does in our lives and the way he causes us to, to care for one another and love one another is totally radical and new to them. And we're just taking it for granted. It's like we got something beautiful that we're just holding on to. We got to invite others to enjoy that and to, and to experience it. We got to introduce them. We got to include. You know, the, uh, 
the passage right before this, chapter 14, right at the end. It makes a statement that uh, it's actually repeated in, in the other Gospels, but I love the way that it says it in Luke. It says, this, this is Jesus talking, The salt is good, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It's thrown out. He who has ears, let him hear. Salt that loses its saltiness is not worth anything. <laughs> and Jesus says that we're the salt of the earth. We're what brings the flavor. You know, yesterday before the game, I made burgers. After the game, uh, we had breakfast for dinner and I made waffles. I don't know how you make burgers, but I'll tell you how you should be making them. Black pepper. Black pepper and hamburger meat. If you like the taste of meat, just black pepper. Black pepper. I mean, I can take the whole thing and just dump it in. Might be a little bit spicy, but, but black pepper. And you take black pepper away from my burger, it's not much. Waffles. Mexican vanilla. I've talked about this before. If you haven't experienced it, you need to find a way to. Mexican vanilla in pretty much anything, but especially in waffle mix. In fact, Terry walked by last night, and she was like, did you just use all of it? I said, well, you can't use too much. Uh, actually, you can't because if you run out, you're in trouble. you got to go to Mexico. But anyway, uh, man, that, those things that make such a huge, that, that's what gives it flavor. That's what gives it life. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. This inviting, this being a place that represents Jesus well, this bringing the kingdom of God near, that life is what gives flavor. If you take it away, if we don't do it, if we just refuse, we don't invite, we keep it to ourselves, we become this exclusive club instead of this inclusive thing that Jesus came to bring. Well, we lose our saltiness. And if you lose your saltiness, then we're, we're good. So I'm going to give a direct challenge to us and, uh, and to you today. We got a party tonight. Five o'clock, we we're going to have our big launch party it's going to be a lot of fun. Anybody could come and enjoy. You know, it's not going to be super-duper churchy or anything like that. Uh, if you've been around the Grove for a while, you know what I'm talking about. And there's somebody. There's somebody in your circles. There's somebody in your neighborhood or somebody that you work with. There's somebody that, that needs to be here tonight. Just they, they may or may not ever come back again, but they need, they need to see this uh, representation of Jesus that has arms wide open, that's screaming, you, you belong, you're wanted. They need it. And you need to invite them. So as we sing these songs, I just want you to think about that, that one or two people, you know, that, that today you could just drop a text to and say, hey, this thing is happening. I don't know if you're interested. You don't know what moment in their life you're going to catch them in today. I've got some, some folks in our circles that, that have said several different times, you know, I've heard about the Grove, and I'm curious about it, and I might want to come sometime. And, well, if there was ever going to be a time to come, this part tonight is the time just to say, hey. Well, in fact, these conversations I've had with them, I've said, just, yeah, just come that, this night. You know, kids play on the, on the things and snow cones, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and they get to step into this place and look and watch us interact with one another. Followers of Jesus having a whole lot of fun together. 
All right, let, let me pray for us. Father,